This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chess. Welcome back, guys. This is Rahul. I'm joined with a very joined with by a very special guest today, Frank Khalid. Uh, he's back on the podcast, and as you may expect, we have a lot to cover. So, Frank, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Looking forward to today speaking to you about what's happened in the last 24 hours. Likewise. So, Frank, you've been a, a Chelsea fan for a very long time, but I don't think you've seen two managers fired within the same season. But let's start with Saturday. You were at the game against Villa. What did you make of it? I mean, we went down in that first half and, and never really seemed like we were going to get back into it. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on the game from the bridge. Sure. Um, obviously, we went into the game hoping to see a positive result because we were playing OK. You know, we started to gain a bit of the form. Um, last four results were OK and um, was expecting a bit more. But when I saw the team sheet, that's when I started to worry a little bit. Um, we were playing two fullbacks um, in a back three, which is always worrying. Um, first thing you start thinking, has there been injuries? You know, is there a particular reason? But then you see the, um, the subs we had that day, and we had both Trevor Chalabar and Bache on the bench. So again, you, you start to worry and think, is there some issue here or something? Maybe he's resting them for the Liverpool game. No idea anyway. Mudrik starts, so you're thinking, okay, maybe he's seen something in training that he thinks Mudrik needs to start. We know that um, Mudrik had a disappointing game against England, so maybe he's seen something in training that we hadn't seen in the uh, previous games. Um, you know, we're all wondering, you know, Pulisic play, he scored a wonderful goal for the USA during the week. He's in form. You look at um, Maduki, he's scored a great goal and also uh, played pretty well for England in the 21s. So all these players will play pretty well. And even uh, Kim Zouik played pretty well for Morocco against Brazil. So you wonder, he's picked Mudrik, and maybe there's a particular reason why he's done that. Maybe he's in great form. Maybe he's seen something that, you know, maybe we haven't seen in the previous games. So you start the game off. We played pretty well. Again, great, great chances. The chance that Mudrik had to put us in the lead, I, I honestly couldn't believe he missed it. In fact, Missing is one thing, but the disappointing shot he did, it was almost a back pass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nine times more harder to do what he did than to actually score. You know, it's just a very bad miss. And once you start doing that, then confidence goes down in team, doesn't it? And then you yeah. see the goal he did. I mean, that is a comedy of errors. And the fact is, if you're going to play a fullback in the back three and he hasn't got the height, and that's exactly the goal you kind of concede. You know, you've got Cucurella trying to header a ball, which he can't reach because of his lack of height, and flicks it on for their striker to have an easy one against one. And it was made easy because Kepa came out. You know, it wasn't like Madrid who had to make a decision. So you're 1-0 down, even though you're playing well. And we still create chances. Again, disappointing finishing. And then the second half... You know, second half, you hope you're going to see some sort of fight back. And then you can see the goal like we do. I mean, it's a well-known fact. A lot of Chelsea fans like myself know that when it comes to Lopez, he doesn't have a great record. And when you see someone shoot from God knows how many yards he shot from again, 
and it goes flying in. The first thing you think is, is it because Kepa's high as damn? Obviously, I haven't seen the goal because I didn't bother watching the highlights. It's one of those things when you know your luck is against you, it's against you. And then after that, the subs that Graham Potter did were even more disappointing. I mean, when you're chasing a game, you know, when you're chasing a game, you bring on positive, positive um, substitutes that come on and make a difference. I love Conor Gallagher. I love him a bit. But you know what his, you know what, what his strengths are, which basically is to work extremely hard and uh, to keep things tight. And he's not a bad person to bring in when you win, but to lose him 2-0 and bring him on. It's just disappointing, isn't it? Um, the other thing disappointed me was the fact that we didn't have any strikers on the bench. Uh, I mean, that's even more disappointing. You know, often you wonder, let's just say, let's just say if, if, if Kyle Habits was to have an injury, who's your striker? You know, at least have one. And, and the disappointing thing is both those strikers that we've got are both fit as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I find baffling. It doesn't, it didn't help him in decisions he made. That's why the fans were singing, you don't know what you're doing. I've never been negative with anyone in the Chelsea team. I always, on my social media, I say it's not been a very good performance. I never pick individuals. I never say anything neg negative against the manager. But I think even after that game, I was really, really upset. I mean, it was embarrassing. We're 11th position after spending £600 million when we're 11th position. I mean, it's totally unacceptable. I think the only good thing that came out of it was Graham Potter's position was untenable after that, you know, and the fact that he has left the... And, yeah, I don't like anyone losing their jobs, but the fact that he has been relieved of his position means that we can get someone in quickly and put ourselves in some sort of position to be competitive against Real Madrid, who have found form at the exact right time. And um, it's worrying that we're going to be facing an on-form Benzema, on-form Eden Hazard. You know, it's worrying. But... End of the day, we're the underdogs, and sometimes I prefer that rather than being favourites. So, yeah, so that's what I felt the game reference after the game. I, it was, I did go in the players' lounge. I did speak to one or two of the players. They were disappointed. Funny enough, I won't mention the names because it's unfair if you mention the names, as you can appreciate. They're my friends. Absolutely. Yeah, but a couple of players who I just named, mentioned to you, I don't want to give their names. They spoke to me and I said, are you injured? They said, no. Why was you, you know, why was you dropped if that was the case? One of them who's been playing regular said to me, he has no idea. He was baffled. He found it amusing. He had no idea. And that's, <laughs> that's what I found. You know, the vibes, the vibes were not good. And, you know, people, players were Baffled, you could tell that the dressing room he had lost the dressing room. And when you lose your dressing room, that's it, that's finished. As far as I'm concerned, you can't, you know, your players won't respect you, won't play for you, you know, they won't listen right. to you. And that's what I felt afterwards. And now we're actually finding out, you know, with the uh post Graham Potter, now all of a sudden you're hearing all these rumors of what happened and how the players didn't respect him, didn't know who he was. Had to Google him to find out who he was, calling him Harry Potter behind his back. You know, it just shows you there wasn't a lot of respect there. And the only thing I think is really the owners, the hierarchy should have made this decision a lot sooner rather than later.
the only thing we can now do is go and win the Champions League, and that is a very difficult task. That's not going to be easy. There's some great teams left in the Champions League. And if we were to get knocked out by Real Madrid or by any other team, that would be it. That would be the worst Chelsea season in a long, long time. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Frank. Even just watching the game, you know, here in the U.S. at home, when we go a goal down, I'm like, I'm not even surprised anymore because this is what we've just come to expect. Yes, it was off of a mistake from Kukurea, but we always knew for how much we dominate, we always end up giving a chance on the other end and we concede. Uh, and then from that point on, I mean, it was 18 minutes in, I thought, you know, we'll we'll turn this around. We'll maybe get something at halftime. Grand Potter will change things. But like you said, it was just baffling that I think we went up until right when they scored the second one, when we start throwing Angolo Conte on, who was a positive to see him come back. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on him. Uh, but not who we'd want to see, maybe throw on a Mason Mount or Christian Pulisic, change it from a back three to a back four. And I think that's what will summarize Graham Potter's time here at Chelsea as a manager. There was just some baffling decisions that we would, as fans, wanted to support and get behind him as much as possible. But it just, it just never happened because you'd always question him in certain, in certain points. Um, let's talk about N'Golo Kante. I know he's a dear friend of yours and he's finally back. It's been a frustrating season for him, but finally he's back. And he looked very sharp and an, another day would have probably scored in uh, one or two goals, right? Oh, yes, he was uh, very positive uh, when he came on the pitch. Because, you know, considering he's a, a defensive midfielder, you know, he did pretty well going up front and quite easily could have scored one goal at least. I think he had a good chance. He just miscued it a little bit and it went wide. But that's a positive in itself. But I think him on will help the team. I think when we do play the likes of Liverpool, the likes of Real Madrid, uh, you know, in the next few days, I think he'll make a big difference. Um, yeah, I mean, there was very few positives, I think, um, from that game. And I think he was just one of the very few. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He did look sharp. He look, did look energetic. Uh, but ultimately, I think he was kind of being played down the right, which just didn't, it didn't seem like where you want to see N'Golo Kante. Um, no. Let's, I wanted to, I want to get your thoughts on Mason Mount. He doesn't come off the bench. He's one player that was not used. Another question that comes up is why not? But he goes around the ground at the end, clapping the fans and appreciating them. Uh, what did you make of him? And, and if you heard anything around the contract situation with Mason Mount? You know, I speak to his dad sometimes and he always tells me um, how Mason Mount loves Chelsea. I, in my heart, I think he wants to stay. Wants to, he wants to stay and, and play for Chelsea for many years. I think he feels he's undervalued a little bit. You know, I think he just wants a reasonable contract. I think the point is that I think that Chelsea are trying to tie up players for a long time. I think he's looking at the point that, you know, he's at a certain age. If he ties himself up for a long-term contract, then there'll be very... The chances of getting another good contract in the future right. will be less older. So I think anyone in his position will look at that and say, look, I, I prefer having a shorter contract um, so that I can then have, you know, look at another contract in four years or five, or five years or whatever. But... These eight-year contracts, I think you've got to understand the players and the thinking behind it. I know Rhys James signed a, a long-term contract, but he was slightly younger than Mason Mount, and I think it suited him more. So he's 
contract would be up for Renier when he's 28 or 29. I'm not sure what age he would be up. So he, his case was slightly different. I think Chelsea have to be a bit flexible. If they want to keep their best players, sometimes they have to look at each individual person. Whether you can hold them down to ransom. I think you have to keep people like Mason Matt because I think he's a type of person that plays with his heart on his sleeve. Um, I think he's also someone that has done very well the last few seasons. You know, this is probably not the greatest season he's had. But, you know, things can change. I mean, we had, like I said, we had a change of managers, same your system. And when you're playing in a team that isn't doing very well, you know, it's hard for him to adjust to the new manager, you know, but someone coming in with new ideas, you know, it will help him. It will help him. So I want Chelsea to give him that new contract. I do think they keep him very quiet at the moment. It is like a, um, like a card game at the moment, you know, who blinks first. But the feeling I get, as I said, is the fact that I think he will sign if he gets the right deal. I also I don't know who's doing the PR at Chelsea, but he seems to be he seems to be getting a lot of bad PR in the sense that mm. fan is very greedy, which I don't think is the case, you know. And I think that's kind of he's getting a bit of stick, which is never nice, you know. A player wants to feel wanted. I don't think it helps when he reads or or sees things on social media calling him greedy. Right. Um, I don't think that helps, but the good thing is Chelsea fans, the true Chelsea fans, really appreciate him. I appreciate the fact that he came out at the end. Um, I do have to admit, I was just disappointed. The whole thing, I, you know, so I just saw the end of him clapping. Um, while I was just reading them, reading my phone and the messages that were coming through right, about yeah. the feed. But you know, it was good that he came around, understood what the fans are about, and I think I do appreciate him. Every time I've met him, he is down to earth. He's, he's has time for Chelsea fans, smiles, and he's for me is Chelsea through and through. And you need people like that at a club. You know, they're the ones at your spine of the club, and you need them. I a hundred percent agree with you. He's like what we say, proper Chelsea, right? So he gets it, he understands it, and and when we're having so many new players come in, changes behind the scenes. You need someone with that Chelsea culture and DNA to kind of be around him, Reese James. I know we have quite a few academy players now, but you look around and you see Mason Mount and Reese James as two of the shining uh, stars from that academy. Uh, Frank, did you have a chance to ever interact with Graham Potter or, or you know, get, I know you, you end up being pretty close to the club, but any I, interaction with Potter? I, I was invited to the Q&A, which happened a couple of weeks oh, ago. Right, yep. And Graham Potter was going to be there. I was, the intention was to go and ask him some questions. And I thought, being Q&A, that the fans get to ask the question to Graham Potter and maybe meet him face-to-face. -face. I thought it was a great idea, the fact that you could meet the manager. It wasn't just Graham Potter, but I think um, Cesar was there and also Emma Hayes as well. Right. I was a bit disappointed at the event, the fact that we weren't allowed to ask any questions. The questions were asked by... Um, by the Chelsea, by a, a Chelsea person there. Lee he Parker, asked, right. Yeah, he asked the question, so we couldn't get involved. We didn't even get to see, as in we saw him on the stage, answer a few questions, but no Chelsea fan got to ask him any questions. And I found that disappointing. I think there should have been something where you ask the fans, can you ask any questions to the, to the manager? That would have made it at least 
it will at least explain a few things. The fans were wanting to get an idea of what was in his thought process, what was right. he thinking, why he does these things and what he does and what he's thinking of the future. We never got to ask him that. Um, the fact was, he he just, there was a, back of the stage, there was a door at the back. He just came through that door, went back out that door, never spent any time with the fans. I and mean, there's a lot of people there, I suppose, he's nervous when he meets right. so many. You know, you expect him to come out, at least speak to a few of the fans. So that never quite happened. So that was about the closest I've ever got to Graham Palm. I don't see him in the players' lounge after the game. Seems a very quiet person. You don't see much of him. Funny enough, I did bump into the owner a few uh, a few weeks ago. He's a very pleasant guy. We briefly spoke about Chelsea, but I didn't want to say anything negative to him because right, then right. Look, look, people have short memories. Last year, this time, we might not have had a club. Yeah. And is he bought the club, spent billions of pounds on the club, then he spent another six hundred million in the transfer market. Can't blame him. Can't blame him anything at all. And I didn't want to go up and say to him, I, you know, I don't like your the manager you picked or you said that. And I don't want to criticize. He briefly spoke. He said he's trying his best and he smiled. He was very, you know, very nice guy, down to earth, and he's got Chelsea in his heart. And that's all I could wish for. You know, I couldn't say anything negative to him. So that's about as close as I've I've ever got to Graham Potter. Yeah, it's, and I think from what you've shared, we also see it through at least the TV and and the camera is Potter just seemed a little more reserved compared to some of the other managers we've had in the past. You think of a Jose Mourinho, Conte, even Tuchel earlier this season where he had that uh, altercation with Conte. Potter just seemed a different type of person who maybe was a little more laid back, but um, I think he wasn't put in the best situation from the start with, you know, coming in and replacing a, a fan favorite like Thomas Tuchel. Uh, but it's interesting to hear your thoughts on on the owners, because I agree with you. A lot of people will say, well, why let Tuchel go? Why bring Potter in? But they've done everything in their intentions to, to get this club moving forward. You know, I can remember something similar. Jose Mourinho um, was let go during the season and he was replaced by Avram Grant. Right. Avram Grant was at the most popular um, popular person. He was very similar to Graham Potter the way he came. And he did a good job. You know, he right. got us to a final. He got us to a League Cup final. Lost the league last day of the season. Never had the luck. If he had a bit of luck, he could have won all three of those trophies or he could have maybe just won one of them, but he never had the luck. But the thing is, he handled himself pretty well, Adam Grant. Now, Graham Potter, I think he's a nice guy. But I don't think he connected with the fans at all. I think he was kind of repeating the same thing game after mm-hmm. game, where he would say players put the effort in, wouldn't blame anyone, which I, I don't expect him to come and blame anyone. But people like to hear sometimes the reasons for his lineup, the reasons why he does the things he does. You know, people want to hear a bit more expressive. When Jose Mourinho was around, he used to express himself. And Tony Conte used to express himself. Maybe too much. Thomas Tuchel, the reason why he was a fan's favorite, because he used to say the right things at the right time. I'm not saying Graham Potter said the wrong things, but we just felt he kept on saying the same thing again and again. And it almost became a joke that he repeat the same thing. You know, what we like to hear is why it went wrong. What was he felt? What was the reasons for it? You know, (laughs) and we're not saying plays don't work hard and we're not saying plays didn't try their best. They probably do. But... There's got to be reasons. Fans want to hear the reasons why 
you did what you did. You know, the first thing I wanted to know from him, this last game, his last game was, why did he rest Badshay? And why did he not, you know, why did he not let Trevor Chalabas start? Right. And why did James wing back? I love Loftus-Cheek Loftus like anything, but we all know that Reese James is a better right wing back. And what happened during that game was the fact that a few times um, Loftus-Cheek got in a good position, but he couldn't take, he couldn't turn it into a positive. He, he kept on losing the ball and put the wrong pass in. And that wasn't down to him because that's not his position. He might have played one or two good games there, but when we could have played Reese James down there, you know, we could have had um, Loftus-Cheek in the middle where his strength is. Now, if you're going to play plays out of position, give us the reason why. Right. You know, he didn't give us any reason why, except the fact that, you know, I, I, I didn't even see the interview. I obviously read about it on social media, but he gives his excuses like the fact that, talking about the McGinn goal that he scored. The XG, out. yeah. Yeah, that was just laughable. Talked about the players doing the effort, but he didn't give the reason why he did right. that. Right. You know, and perhaps people will understand why he did it. You know? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Maybe this James has played in that position. He's done particularly well before. Maybe Kukurun has done that position before. But you might have had two central defenders and one fullback that might, might have been better suited. But when you're having two fullbacks, you know, straight away, straight away, not disrespect to both of those guys, but you lose a height advantage in corners. You lose, you know, so much, you know, you, there's a disadvantage to it as well. And I just was baffled. And so were the fans around me. You know, sometimes you might think differently to other fans, but when you're hearing it from fans next to you, right. you hear frustrations. And then when you're hearing things like you don't know what you're doing, that's not good when you're hearing that from your own fans. Yeah. And, that's and, and the owners have been very good with him. As the fans, I don't think fans have, have been very patient. And the fact that we're 11th in the league. And had that been an Arsenal, had that been a, a Man United or a Man City, I don't think they would have been as patient as what we are. Yeah, I, I, hear, I hear the frustration. I hear the disappointment in your voice. So let's, let's put that in the, in the back because it's that the Potter era is over and I know you have a few minutes left. So let's talk about the future. Julian Nagelsmann, Mauricio Pochettino, Luis Enrique, uh, there's a couple of other names that have come up, but who would you like to see? And do you think the intention is for someone to come in right away or do we kind of see out the season with uh, the interim no. manager? I think we need to get someone now. And the reason being is I think we're still in the unique position that we're in upcoming Champions League. And if we were to somehow win that competition, and I say if, because it's a big if, because we've got obviously the hardest part of the draw. And but it's a cup competition where anybody could win on their day. And if this new manager, whoever we hire, comes in and somehow get us to win that competition, it will salvage our season. And if you look at it, we are we've got the players to win it. So we're not sure what the players that that they've done it before. Right. And players. And I just think we need the right manager to go in there and tactically put us in the position where we're competitive for all those games. If we get knocked out, we get knocked out. 
But we're going to do it. We're going to do it by the team that we play based on that team playing a lot better than us rather than us making mistakes left, right and centre or playing the wrong team. Then you accept it. Now, the question is, who do I want as manager? This gets asked a lot. And I'm looking at the reasons from other fans of why they think who should be their manager. There is a lot of good managers available. But who suits Chelsea best? That's the question. I think Nagelsmann is the one that I would go for. Personally, I think he's done nothing wrong for Bayern Munich in the Champions League. He's won 11 games out of 11. He can't score. Yes, they haven't done great in the league, but they weren't a million miles away from Dortmund. In fact, Thomas Tuchel just won that game. Now they're top right. again. So it wasn't like he was completely miles behind or having a terrible season like we are. I did think it was a bit harsh. But I think he's well suited for our team. I think he plays a very similar system to Thomas Tuchel. And I think that he would come in and I think he'll make a difference. I think the great news for us is well, next season we've got Nkunku coming in, which is which is yeah. which is managed before. He's the play he's managed before. And I think he will help us in the remaining games that we've got left, but it'll give us our best chance of winning that Champions League. Yeah, um, and it gives go sorry, on. go ahead. No, go on. I said the other managers available, Luis Enrique. I'm not quite sure how good his English is. The fact that he is um He's available, but again, I'm not quite sure. He's a great manager, don't get me wrong, but he has managed some great teams in the past. Um, but I would give it to Nagelsmann because I think I think he's more suited to our team. I think he would get the best out of the plays we've got. And the biggest thing of all is he will want to prove Bayern Munich wrong. And was to do something if we'd somehow get through Real Madrid, and I say if because that's going to be tough two games. If we do somehow manage to get Bayern Munich or Man City, but Bayern Munich, I would love to get. It would be great because he's got a point to prove, as with Thomas Tuchel. So that would be incredible. That, so yeah, that would, de- that would definitely be incredible. And and I, I hear your your thoughts, and I think from everything we're seeing online, it is, seems like it's going to be Nagelsmann. So. Uh, it's really about the timing. I think he's still on con- or has a contract with Bayern, so we'd have to buy that out. And with the financial outlay we've already had this season, uh, it seems like we're just spending more money. But look, like you said, the owners are doing everything right to get us get us in the right direction and, and build a project here, which is what we want. And it, it would be helpful if whoever comes in wins a trophy right away because it gives you a little more uh, backing and, and something to stand against. So, uh, okay. Frank, it's been... No, I was going to say, it's happened before, hasn't it? Roberto right. before, uh, Thomas Tuchel. So it's not something that we haven't done before, so it can be done again. can, and the, and the last time we spoke was right after we won it a couple of years ago. So hopefully the next time we speak will be after another Champions League win too. But Frank, it's been a pleasure. It's, it's always nice chatting with you, hearing your thoughts. Uh, but Thank that you. wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chelsea on all podcast providers. Instagram and on Twitter, it's at Premier Chelsea. And please follow Frank if you don't already. It's at Frank College UK on Twitter. And he's actually closing in on a million followers. So congratulations, Frank. Uh, and we will be back with a new episode. But until then, stay safe and up the Chelsea. Thank you. The Premier Chelsea has partnered with Fubo TV. 
Fubo TV is your home for live sports and TV without a cable in the U.S. and Canada. You can watch on all your devices, which means you don't have to miss any of the actions or goals that Chelsea score in the Premier League and Champions League. You heard that right. Fubo TV Network's broadcast Premier League, Champions League, and many other leagues and tournaments. So what are you waiting for? Start your free trial today at fubotv.com forward slash TPC.